When you were in your mother's womb, before you did anything right or wrong, God had a plan for your life. And we've been talking about that. And in case you didn't know, this is number 11. I know, I'm surprised too. That's a lot. And I got some more and I keep trying to end it. But I, but I have this in my heart. I really feel like it's important. Um, I believe that uh, all of us want to hear well done. You want to hear well done? Yeah, I think you do. I think you want to hear well done. And because you want to hear well done, there's some things in the word of God that will help you finish your course. I say this all the time. It's very easy to start your course, but it's harder to finish. And so um, we're going to have a little game tonight. All right. And so uh, I need your help, though. And I, I need you to shout out when you know the answer. So this is not school where you raise your hand. This is you uh, without any order. Uh, shout it out. Hallelujah. So when I show you a picture, I want you to tell me what these people do. Picture number one. What are they going off to do? Probably. All right. Well, all right. You're doing good. What's the next one? Thank God for mechanics, because I don't know how to fix nothing. Aren't you grateful for them? He looks too happy to be a mechanic. Anyway, next one. What's he going to do? Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay. What's the next one going to do? She looks serious. I don't think I'd mess with her. Next one. What kind of athlete? Runner. All right. Y'all got 100%. I'm going to put you on the dean's list. Is that it? Oh, no. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's medical. I told him to get me a surgeon, so let's just say surgeon. Okay. Close enough. Yeah, see all those lights back there? They're going, they're, they're going into surgery. How would you all know that? Because you're so smart? Because they were... How'd you know? The way they were dressed. The way they were dressed. Did you know you have a tire in the realm of the spirit? And the reason that most people don't finish their course is because they're not properly dressed. You don't know where you're going because you're not dressed for it. Praise the Lord. There is a dress. There is an attire in the spirit. And I remember many years back when the Lord began to deal with me about this. And, you know, uh, most people, we'll, we'll cover the first one that everybody knows, but I just want you to see yourself in the realm of the Spirit. You are, the Holy Ghost wants to dress you so that you can finish your course. Amen. And just like you knew every one of those, you knew every one of them because they were dressed for what they were going to do. And you and I have to be dressed so that we can finish. Y'all, we're, we're going to finish, right? And so it's not outward, but it's spiritual, meaning uh, it's on you. You may not see it, but you have to know that these things are for you. And so let's just start at the place that everybody knows. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You, and, and I'm not going to, you know, th this is the armor of God. And you all have probably been taught on the armor of God around here. You've been taught on the armor of God. And I could stop and do an eight-week seminar on the armor of God. But that's not my purpose tonight. So Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on. So who's, who's got to put it on? You got to put it on. You got to pray for the Lord to put it on you. No, you put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Remember, one of the things we're talking about is the devil would like to knock you off course and knock you out of your race. 
So remember, Jesus, the last week we talked about uh, lay aside the, the weights and the sin that says so easily beset you so you can run your race. So again, here, you're attired. Now, this armor don't weigh nothing in the realm of spirit, all right? So you can still run. But you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's go ahead and read it. Verse 12. So for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13 says, wherefore, take unto you, so who's doing it? You take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When's the evil day? Anytime the devil shows up. And having done all to stand, stand, verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So it begins to tell you your spiritual attire so that you can resist the devil. If you don't have revelation of your spiritual attire, then it seems to me that you're not going to be resisting the devil well. And he is coming. And he does come. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if you're ready for him when he comes, if you're fully dressed, if you're ready to go, what? And again, this temptation is for me to stop and talk about each one of them. But having your loins girt about with truth, that's the logos of the word of God. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, you have to have a revelation that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you don't understand you're righteous, not by works, but by the spirit of the living God, the devil is going to pummel you morning, noon, and night. You have to understand saying that Jesus made you righteous. Amen. Everybody say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Woo, verse 15. Oh, I can't stop. Hallelujah. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Thank God for the peace with God and the peace of God. It's a two-part shoe. Verse 16. I told Rick Renner the last time he was here that his book, Dress to Kill, even though he's written like 50,000 of them now, is still my favorite. I learned a lot from him on this. It says, above all or in front of all, take the shield of faith. Doesn't mean it's the most important. It just means it's out in front. I mean, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so you take the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench all, how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the devil's firing accusations at you. He's firing things at you. And it's a, it's a, it's a lit target that's meant to, when it com makes contest, it's meant to explode and destroy you. But you have this armor. You have this shield of faith. Oh, I am going to stop and talk about it. So this shield of faith is really comes right from the neck all the way down. And it's leather. It's not the flashy kind that you march around with in a parade. It is the kind that when it, that leather is, is soaked. And what happens is when that dart hits it, it just goes out. What is that? Your faith. Doesn't mean the devil's not going to, the weapon may, the weapon may be formed against you. It's just not going to prosper because you've got your faith out in front of everything. Ooh, verse 17. Hallelujah. And take the helmet of salvation. You better know what your salvation includes and you better know all of it. It is your protection against the, the darts of the enemy, against the thoughts of the wicked one, against his devices. And the sword of the spirit, that distamos, that two-edged sword where God said something and you said something. And when you do, it will chase off the enemy. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did I include number eight? eight? No, we stopped at 17. I could keep on going. All right. So do you understand that th this armor is available to you? You know, and I know a lot of people say, you know, back in the day when this was taught, you know, they, they get up every morning and put their armor on. And if you do that, that's great if that's how you remind yourself. But I, I don't know. I just don't ever take mine off. But you have to, it's not just a, a visual. You have to understand what each part is and that's your attire. And when you've got it on in the realm of the spirit, you're ready. 
Just like that soldier's ready. He's ready. He's going somewhere. And I'm not, I don't have to go after the devil to look for him. But I just know that he's coming. But when I have my armor on, when I'm fully dressed, I have the whole armor of God in the spirit. When I have that armor on, I'm going to be able to finish my course. Everybody say finish. Why do I, some people don't finish. It's not because the Lord doesn't want them to finish. It's not because their heart doesn't want to finish. It's because they're not properly dressed in the realm of the spirit. They don't know what's theirs. They don't know what they're supposed to have on. They're not, they're, they're not, they don't understand they're supposed to withstand in the evil day. They're not dressed for it. And so we're dressed for it. Are you dressed? Amen. I, there's a number of the, I'm just surprised how much the Bible talks about putting on things and clothing uh, in the, and what we're supposed to get of that. So let's look at this one, Romans 13, 12. It says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on. Let us put on. We're talking about things that we have to clothe ourselves with so that we can finish our course. So number one, uh, this gives us, and it's in a number of places, but I'm going to stop here and talk about it. You can't um, just cover up. In other words, um, if I, you know, I, you know, I went to the gym and worked out, and then uh, when I got home, uh, uh, I, uh, which is probably good, if I went to the gym and then I came home and I started working in my yard. On a good Alabama day. Think about July or August. So both of those places will bring some perspiration and some stink. And then that night, that Friday night, um, I have a uh, date with my wife at a really nice restaurant. But I just leave my shirt, t-shirt on and my shorts that I had on and I put a suit over it. What's going to happen? Well, probably going to be asked to be, to be, please leave. And my wife's going to, she'll be like, you ain't going nowhere with me. You stink. Like she'll do that every once in a while. She's like, you stink. Go take a shot. Uh, um, thank you. Um, but it's uh, what a lot of believers, listen to me. It's what a lot of believers do. They don't get a revelation of I'm a new creature in Christ. They still call themselves a sinner. They still live in and practice sin because of it. Because they don't believe they have a choice. And so they, um, they, they don't have a revelation of they've been cleansed. And then the Bible says you got to cast off. What does that mean? That means every day we deal with stuff going on in the world. And it tries to get back on you. And so what you got to do with it? You got to take it off. And you do what? Well, you wash yourself with the word of God. Remember in Ephesians where it says, husbands, wash your wives. So, but everybody can be washed with the word of God. Amen. And then what do you do? You put on the armor of light. So what is the armor of light? That's intriguing. And it sounds kind of cool. Um, but really what it is, is you put on the word. Because the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus is the light. His word is light. So what am I doing? I'm putting on the word. I'm becoming a doer of the word. It's the armor of light. You don't, maybe you don't know this, but in the realm of the spirit, if you can see yourself, if you're a person of the word, if you're a person who speaks the word, if you're a person who walks in the word, you are bright. You are lit up. 
You really are. You are lit up. You, you are noticeable in the realm of the spirit. Just like when you get around people and um, you sense, um, hmm, uh, because some people who, especially they're not born again, but they really participate in the things of this world. There's a darkness. There's a heaviness. There's a, there, there, there's, there's a icky. What is that? That's their spiritual makeup. And so you and I have to understand, we, we have to cast off. We have to make sure we get rid of. And I'm talking to y'all, and you know it, but we, you come in contact with that stuff. And we can't let it stay on us. How do you get it off of you? I wish I could, you know, uh, be separate, come out from among them. But, but we, have, we're, we're here, we live in this world. And to so, totally separate yourself so you don't get around that, you know, I don't think that's the highest and best. Because we got to get out there and win people to the Lord. We got to get out there and tell them about the goodness of God. And you're not going to be able to do that if you're always away from everybody. Amen. We, we can't be so afraid that sin's going to get off, off on us and we're going we're gonna, to, you know, mess, get messed up. We need to be sure that what's on us is going to get off on them. Amen. Amen. But we have to make sure we put on. Everybody say, put on light. The armor of light. Well, then in Isaiah 61.10, we're just going to go through with these. It says, I will, Isaiah 61, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me. I said, he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. What is this? This is clothes. This is stuff to put on. And he, as a bridegroom, he decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So number one, you got to be clothed with your salvation. How do you get clothed with your salvation? You understand what sozo means. You understand that it's not just going to heaven. You understand that it's healing for your body. You understand that it's prosperity. You understand that it's protection. You understand that it's doing well. You understand that it's ongoing. Salvation is all-inclusive, and you put that on. Your spirit is born again, but your soul and your body need to be clothed with salvation. And all that salvation is, everybody say, I'm clothed with the garments of salvation. What, so what does that mean? I'm, I'm, I'm walking in my salvation. I'm walking in all that God has provided for me. I'm walking in all that Jesus has done. I'm going to put it on. How do I put it on? Well, the only way I know to put it on is with your mouth. I put on my jacket with my arms, but I put on spiritual things with my mouth. It's what I believe. It's what I believe. Now, I'm not talking about works. Like, okay, every day, pastor, I got to go through this list. I got to put on the armor and I got to put on, put on. No, it's just like who you are and the way you talk. And, and that's who you are. You, this is a flow. This is a life. And this is who I am. This is what I talk about. Uh, this, it's not like, and it can be on purpose. And it's nothing wrong with on purpose. But it just should be more of who you are and how you live. I'm saved. I talk like saved people talk. He's covered me with a robe of right. Are you glad you're righteous? <laughs> He's covered me. Your righteousness not going to measure up. So if you try to, put, try to put that up on yourself, you're always, that robe's always going to be tattered and torn and dirty and never going to be enough. But he's given you his robe. You have a robe of righteousness. 
And so you got to, just like you have the breastplate of righteousness, it, it's interesting to me that that covers up here. Uh, the, the breastplate covers all the internal organs. And it's like the robe, when you put a robe on, it really, when I think about a robe, it covers everything up. So righteousness to me is so important that I wear this. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the clothes you wear in the realm of the spirit, and it makes you ready to run your race. And it makes you not only ready to run your race, it causes you to finish your course with joy. So these are things, according to scripture, that you and I must be aware of on our journey with God and things that he's pointing at. So in other words, you got to know about what your salvation does for you. You got to know about it. And if you don't know about it, then it's going to hamper you. It's going to hamper your race. And then you got to put on your robe of righteousness. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got to understand righteousness. I got to get a revelation of it. I, I got to be taught about it because it really goes contrary to how we feel and how the church as a whole teaches on righteousness because righteousness in many places is always earned. Righteousness is a gift. And you are righteous. When did you become righteous? When you believed that Jesus was raised from the dead. You may have had to learn about it later, but you're righteous. You're as righteous as you're ever going to get. No, I'm trying to get better. No, you're as righteous as you're ever going to get. You have to walk out your righteousness, but you're as righteous as you're ever going to be. It's not a, it's, it's not, you, don't, you don't arrive at righteousness. You are righteous, but you got to put it on. And then I love this next part. Back in the day, you know, I don't know if it's so much anymore, but weddings. Oh, I love to see weddings in India. Uh, I'm talking about, you talk about do a wedding. That, you know, whatever you think of, but the culture, I mean, weddings are like phenomenal. Everybody is so dressed up um, and it's a big deal. And in our culture, our nation, it used to be a bigger deal than it is, but you know, uh, just totally decked out. Just, you, you, see a, you see a bride, we could put that up. Oh, we could have put that on the screen. You just seen a woman, you know, in a, in a wedding gown, you say, what happened? She's going to get married. Put a man next to her in a tux, they're going to get married, right? You know it by how they're dressed. And, and, and really that's what he's saying here. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and a bride adorns herself with jewels. And I was like, well, Lord, what are you trying to get across to me? And this is really what came to my heart, is we are the bride of Christ. And he has decked us out. And he has adorned us because we're his bride. And he's coming to get us very soon. But, but he wants us to, to just the appearance of us in the realm of the spirit for everybody to know those are mine. Amen. Those are mine. We, we're together. We're together. Me and them, we're together. We're one. Isn't that what a husband and wife is supposed to become? One? You're one with the Lord. And he'd like for you in the realm of the spirit to dress like it. You should be very apparent in the realm of the spirit that you belong to God. And so he has decked you out. He has adorned you. And he's adorned you with a lot of good things. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. First Peter chapter five and five. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the, to the elder. You all be subject one to another and be clothed. We're still talking about clothing. How do I finish my course? 
How do I run my race? Well, I have to be uh, attired in a certain way. I have to have certain things on the spirit. So we've looked at, you know, I got to have uh, uh, the armor of God on, all of those pieces. We got to have the armor of life. And, I'm not, and I don't want you to get religious about this. This is not for you to get a checklist and, and you know, make sure you put them on. This is not that. I just want, what, I want you to get a general sense of I'm supposed to have some things on in the realm of the spirit. It's supposed to be evident. Why? So I can finish my course. So I need the armor of God. What? To resist the devil. I've got to have the garment of salvation on. I've got to know about my salvation. I've got to have my robe of righteousness on so that I can, uh, you know, uh, walk uh, uh, free. Oh, my gosh. People who understand righteousness are free. They're they're not condemned anymore. They don't feel guilty anymore because they know Jesus took care of it all. Amen? And, And that I'm decked out. And then... Um, it says here, be clothed with humility because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And I talk about this a lot when I talk about uh, resisting the devil. But this grace here is, is standing grace. But he says, be clothed with humility. In other words, you've got to put on humility. What is humility? Well, it, it's not thinking you're a worm. It's not thinking you're less than. It's not thinking you're not equal. That's not what it is at all. Humility, to be humble, means to come under. I come under. Submit yourselves one to another. Submit yourselves one. To, uh, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. Uh, you know, then everybody, you know, I don't have time to teach. You know, wives, submit yourself to your own husband. But right before it says, submit yourselves to one another. So submission is just a coming under. Now, um, you have to be clothed with humility. Can you put that up? It's not in my notes, but can you put that up? First Peter 5 and 5 in the Amplified Classic. This pops up in my heart. I think uh, I teach on this a lot when I, teach, uh, when I used to teach in Bible Institute, Authority of the Believer. I know I messed you up. Oh, look at all those words. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe. This is what I want you to see. Apron yourself all of you, with humility. Now, this is the part I like. As the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you. Clothe yourself with humility and don't let anybody take it off of you. In the world we live in, humility is not prized. But in the kingdom of God, it really is one of the highest things. With freedom from, so, so there's a covering that cannot possibly strip you. With freedom from pride, I would say, I'm free of pride and arrogance. There's no room for arrogance. You ain't all that. I ain't all that. I can't even breathe without the Lord. Can't even think good without him. And if you think you're smart because you're so smart and it's your genetics, you'd be wrong. There's nothing. This world would fall apart if the word of God wasn't holding it together. Come on, if his word's holding the world together, it's doing a whole lot for you. For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful. Tell us what it is. The presumptuous. Oh, there's more. The boastful. And he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them. But he gives grace favor and blessing to the humble. So what do we got to do? We got to cover ourselves. So this is a big one. We got the garment that we need. One of the big ones we need is humility. 
and uh, you have to humble yourself. In other words, you put this garment on yourself. Well, Lord, humble that person. That's not a prayer he can answer. Even if you prayed it, it's not a prayer he heard. It's not a prayer he answered. Because God doesn't humble people. The scripture clearly in a lot of places says you got to humble yourself. Now, the danger is the other side. Um, anybody ever heard of Lucifer? The devil. But used to be son of the morning. And it talks about him in the old covenant and it gives an explanation of who he was. And basically most people think that he was the praise and worship leader. And he had, I mean, even instruments coming up. I mean, this was an interesting creature. But God made him and he was a high rank. But one day he decided, he said, I will make myself. I will become like the most high. I. What is it? That's pride. So really one of the original sins is pride. And I like this, and you've heard me, some of you have been around a while. I always use it this way because it always comes to me. It's how the Lord taught me um, how much to guard against this in my own life. Everybody has this temptation. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. Everybody has the temptation of pride. Because I know that because the devil is the tempter and it's his original sin and has been working for a long time. It worked so well that he got a third of the angels. Now, if you ever really thought about that, you'd think this dude, this devil, he's crafty. Because if you can get a third of the angels, this is nothing to be played with. Pride and arrogance. And you can smell it. And you can hear it. And I don't care who they are. I just don't follow people well who are full of pride and arrogance. Not even in the world. It's disdainful to me. Because it's disdainful to God. God says he keeps people who are arrogant and full of pride at arm's length. Well, you know. No, that's what he does. That's what he does. And so I always tell you, y'all looking pretty serious right now. I know it's pretty serious stuff. So the Lord taught me my favorite football player ever in the whole wide world still is. I believe he was the greatest of all time. His name was Walter Payton. Sweetness. Played for the Bears. Me and him were together every Sunday. But at the end of every run, he would stiff arm and he would get some more yards. But the Lord was showing me that in another way, basically the Lord was saying to me, you don't want to be full of pride because you don't want to stiff arm from me. Because that's really what it means. He holds you at arm's length. And he's not talking about unbelievers. First Peter was written to the church. So, so I don't, how many of you know, you don't want a stiff arm from God. <laughs> I think if you got a stiff arm from God, you'd be out. I think maybe that's what happened to the devil. One day he got a stiff, Lucifer got a stiff arm from God and he found himself out. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. Maybe that's what that was. I don't know. But I do know I don't want one. So I got to make up my mind. I'm going to humble myself. And humility is just me saying, you know what? I can't do this on my own. 
Number two, I'm not going to attempt to do this on my own. Well, you're a preacher. You need that. You need to do that if you're an accountant. You need to do that if you own your own business. You need to do that if you're a teacher. You need to do that if you're a student. You need to do that. You need to do that if you're a human being. Acknowledging who he is. Humility. And when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, what does he do? He exalts you. He'll give you grace. So you got to clothe yourself. Ever say, I'm clothed with humility. And so, Lord, you know, um, you know uh, again, it's not something you pray about. It's just, it, or, or you can help anybody else with. Everybody has to humble themselves. God is not in the humbling business. Well, I just believe he'll send things to people and humble them. That's not, you're talking about things that destroy, and God doesn't destroy. Religion teaches that, but that God, God doesn't steal, kill, or destroy. So if something bad comes to someone and they're humbled, I guarantee you it's only temporary. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about humbling ourselves. We're saying, Lord, I want to be clothed with this humility. I depend on you. I'm so grateful for you. Um, I don't want to attempt to do anything without you. And and I wrap it around me and I hold on to it tight. And I'm not going to let anybody take it away from me. Amen? Can you see that? Luke 24, 49. We got some clothes. We're putting on some clothes, aren't we? Hallelujah. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And if you look at that one in the Amplified Classic as well. It's not my notes, but I want to look at this one in the Amplified Classic. It says uh, in, in Luke 24, 49, Amplified Classic says it this way. It says, and behold, I send forth upon you what my Father has promised. But remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with, clothed with power? You mean on the outside of me, I am clothed with power? How do you get clothed with power? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues set upon each and every one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Come on, this clothing comes with some wind. This clothing comes with some fire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This clothing comes with some power. And that clothing gets on you. And so the Spirit of God is saying you need clothed with power from on high. This, that, uh, that being baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, that's part of your clothing. That's part of what you wear. Amen. Now you get filled with the Holy Ghost. When you get filled with the power of God, there is something on you that is very distinctive and is supposed to be very powerful everywhere you go. Amen. That power, that, that, that light, that fire that's on you, you should be able to, you should be carrying that around in the realm of the spirit. I mean, when you show up, demons ought to run. Hallelujah. Even before you open, because you got so much power on you. You got so much anointing on you. You got so much of God on you. We're to be clothed with power. Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't try to go out into the world until you get your clothes. You need some clothes. What is the clothes? They're coming with some wind. That's pretty cool. Coming with some fire. And the, and the Holy Ghost is going to sit on you. Hallelujah. And you're going to speak with another language. I guess that'll prove you got your clothes on. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm clothed with power. Woo. Ephesians 4.24. There's a lot of them. And that you put on the new man. 
which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There it is again. You notice righteousness is mentioned a lot. Right, creating righteousness and true holiness. But you got to do what? You got to put it on. How do you put it on? With your mouth. How do you, know, how do you put it on with your mouth? Well, you got to have a revelation of who you are in Christ. And so you put that on. Why are we doing this again? Why are we doing this? Because it seems to me and seems by the leading of the Holy Ghost. And as I studied this out, that a lot of times people are not finished just because they're not properly attired. They don't know who they are. Uh, they're, they don't, they're not clothed with humility. They're, they're not, they don't have on the armor of God. And so the devil's coming to try to knock us off course, and yet we're not spiritually having the attire, the revelation we need so that we can withstand the devil in the evil day. And so again, you got to put on the new man. You got to put on righteousness. You got to know that God has made you holy. It's not about, again, it's like righteousness. You're not trying to become holy. You are holy. Amen. Well, I don't feel holy. I didn't ask you how you felt. And God didn't ask you how you felt. He told you who you are. Come on, say it with, every, say it with some gumption about you. Even if it bothers you on the outside. Because I know it don't bother you on the inside because it's the truth. Say, I am holy. Say, I am holy because he is holy. I am holy because he made me holy. So since I'm holy, I act holy. Now that's the key. Well, I'm going to act holy so I can become holy. No, you got it backwards. You be holy, and then you'll act holy. Amen? Hallelujah. But you got to do what? You got to put it on. Come on, you got to put it on. You got to put it on. Put it on. Hallelujah. Romans 13, 14. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Put on the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus. How do you put on the Lord Jesus? You put on it by speaking the word, who he is, what he's made you. And make no provision for the flesh. You know, I was, I was looking at that, and I think it was last week I was talking about it a little bit, but the Lord really dealt with me. I think I was writing my daily bread, and there was something I was thinking of, and, and uh, then something happened later. And uh, I'll just be honest. Uh, I got my flesh about something, and he said to me, he said, you made provision. You made provision. You made provision. Well, he'll help you out if you want to be helped. He just told me you made provision for that. You fed it. I'm talking to everybody in the room. I'm not talking about me. Whatever you feed. Right? Have you ever seen that story? You know, there's two wolves or two dogs or whatever, whether you like this story or not. You know, the guy, they were fighting, the dogs were fighting or the wolves were fighting. And, and uh, they asked, well, who's going to win? And the, the guy said, the one I feed. So if you starve something, there's no chance it's going to win. Make no provision. How do you make no provision? You just keep putting on the Lord. You just keep putting on the Lord. Don't feel, I, I, when something goes wrong, oh, I messed up again. Oh, I'm guilty. Oh, I can't ever do anything right. No, that's not how you do it. You ask the Lord to forgive you. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of mine. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am holy because he made me holy. I, I can do all things. So what am I doing? I'm putting on the Lord Jesus. What am I doing? Making no provision for the flesh. What am I doing? I'm walking in the spirit. Amen? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Do not let, even if the devil gets one on, over on you, don't, don't live there. Don't camp there. Get your clothes back on. Yeah. 
Get your clothes back on. Praise the Lord. We, we doing good? Put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for. So the more I put him on, the more I speak of him, the more I talk about him, the more I tell, tell myself and others what he's done in my life. What am I doing? I'm putting him on. I'm putting him on. And when I put him on, what am I doing? I'm squeezing out the flesh. I'm making no provision for it. Because I'm wearing him. I'm wearing him. You know, have, uh, you know. I haven't seen one in a long time, but a long time ago, I, I remember I was watching this one. Uh, I still think they do it. I just haven't seen it for a while. Uh, when the stars, movie stars and stuff or, or celebrities, they go and they walk on the red carpet and they'll ask him this question, what are you wearing? Right? And then they're supposed to tell some famous designer, right? So who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? The Lord Jesus. Think of your, it's got, it's got to be that real to you though. In the realm of the spirit, I'm put on the Lord Jesus. He's my designer. Hallelujah. And when I do that, what am I doing? There's no provision for the flesh. I'm not, you won't fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go, keep going. Y'all good? Let's keep going. (laughs) Let's look at uh, Colossians. There's a lot of them. I told you there's a lot. I'm just going through scripture tonight. Is that right? Colossians chapter three, verses one through nine. We're going to look at the New Living Translation. Colossians three, one. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse two, think about the things of heaven not the things of earth. For you died. Are you grateful you died? You died to what? This life and your real life. Your real life. Your real life is what? Hidden with Christ in God. Verse four, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking. I love that. Lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater. Ooh, this is fun now, right? Worshiping the things of this world because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do. Everybody say, I used to. See, I used to be one of those, but I ain't those no more. Come on, say it again. Say, I used to. That's the old you. That's not you. That person died. They're dead. They're dead. Don't visit the cemetery. They're dead. There's no reason to go to a cemetery. They're dead. They're dead. Don't go back and visit it in your mind. They're dead. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off. I read all that to get to number nine. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off. You have stripped off. You have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So in other words, listen, if you're going to finish your race, if you're going to run your course, you still have a flesh. And your flesh and my flesh are still our biggest problems. 
And when we got born again, your spirit got born again, and then you got your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you got to do something with your soul. Because if you don't do something with your soul, your flesh is going to win. Your mind, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions is the pivotal part of you. I've been thinking about, I mean, I, I got so many things I want to teach to you all. They're, all. they're just lined up. Hallelujah. In some ways, I want to get done with some things. I would love to teach again on the mind and the soul because it is the most pivotal part of you. And this is what happens to a lot of people that get frustrated because it seems like their flesh is winning, things are winning. But, but listen, you, you, have to get, you have to do what the word says. It says you got to strip it off. In other words, you can't give it any power. You can't let it have any dominion. You got to take charge over it. You got to put it under. Paul said, crucify it, mortify it. Remember, we looked at all those and you had fun looking with me, didn't you? Woo, we shouted talking about mortifying. And didn't you remember we shouted about crucifying and abstaining? Woo, that was a good one, wasn't it? We stripped off our old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So who's got to do that though? Well, we do that with the help of the Holy Ghost, but you and I have to do it, Amen. All right, so verse 10, verse 10. Switch to the NIV for me. Colossians 3.10, let's do the NIV. And having put on the new self. So what I gotta do, I gotta strip it off. So it's back to those dirty clothes, my workout clothes, my working in the yard clothes. What I gotta do with it, I gotta take those off. The... You don't cover yourself up trying to become new. You get rid of it. Amen. Get rid of it. Having put on the new self. So what you got to do? You got to put on the new. How do I put on the new? Again, I believe. I get revelation. I speak the word. This is who I am. You know, if you're not used to confessing the word over yourself, you need to get used to it. You need to say about you who God says who you are. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am accepted in the beloved. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Lord is the strength of my life, a very present help in the time of trouble. Come on. I am accepted in the beloved. I don't care what I feel like. I am accepted in the beloved. So what, I, what am I doing? I put on my new self, which being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Where do you find the knowledge and the image of your creator? You find it in the word of God. Verse 11. Here in God, in the word, there is no Gentile. I wish everybody in the world was born again. It would make our lives so peaceful. But they ain't, y'all. There's how many of them? Six billion or 6.5 or more that aren't. I know that makes it frustrating, but at least let's get everybody who's in the church who is born again to understand this. Here in Christ, there is no Gentile or Jew that doesn't exist in Christ. In other words, check your nationality at the door. That's what it means. Circumcised or uncircumcised. And then if you didn't understand, so I, you're not a barbarian or a Scythian or a slave or free. That's not how you identify yourself in Christ. But Christ is all and is in all. Now I'm going to just warn you one more time. You can't make the world think like you. 
But in the church where we have control, we ought to have no nonsense. None. And if there's nonsense in the church, then I, I don't know. We need, we'll, we'll pastor Colossians 3.11 in their foreheads or something. I don't know. But in God, there's neither male nor female. We're just one. Amen. Amen. And the house you live in is just a temple that you get to keep for 80 or 120 years. Do the best you can with it. Hallelujah. But you're going to lay it down. Glory to God. Can we, yeah, we'll keep on reading. This is fun. Verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's you and me, we're holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourself. Okay, now we're getting into some good stuff again. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Verse 14. And over all these things, uh, cover all of these things. This clothing that you just put on, above all of those things, put on love. Which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen? So what are we supposed to put on? Compassion. So in the realm of the spirit, the clothing you're supposed to wear is compassion. So every born-again believer, one of the keys to finishing your race is you should have the same compassion that Jesus had. You don't have to make it up. Just grab a hold of his. He was moved with compassion. So everybody say, I am compassionate. What is compassion? It's the desire to give aid and show mercy. It's not based on what anyone looks like or anyone's done for you. It's based on something that you are clothed with. You have compassion for people. You have compassion for all people. You, whatever you have the ability to do to make their life better, you want to do it. And you, well, I don't have much, Pastor Mark. You got a name that's above every name. You got two hands, you can lay them on the sick. You, there are, there, your words come out of your mouth. You can make a difference in everybody's life. It is not about your station in life. It is not about how, what you have, what you don't have. You have him. And you have hands and you have a mouth and you can make a difference. Everybody say, I'm compassionate. Oh, this next one, this is good. Clothe yourself with kindness. Just be kind. Well, Jesus was hard. Oh, you know, I know today people with this militant mentality in the church, you know, that's not anything new. They're like, oh, Jesus turned over the money tables and we need to get a whip and drive everybody out. That's, he did that one time. Every time else, man, he was healing the sick and raising the dead and feeding people and loving on people and forgiving people caught in adultery and come on. And who was he being rough with? He was being rough with religious people, not the people of the world. Pastor, you're just too, too kind to the people of this world. I, I'm supposed to be. Because that is what Jesus would do. Get a bracelet. What would he do? I can tell or what would Jesus do? I can tell you what he did. He was moved with compassion and he was kind. And then it goes on to talk about 
Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility. We already talked about humility. Gentleness. Being gentle with people. We should start in our own home. Be gentle. Not abrasive. Ooh, isn't this good? You liking it, Ollie? Is, am I doing all right? I'm, I'm due to quit, but I'm going to keep on going. Hallelujah. Um, gentle. Patient. Patience. What is patience? Uh, it's like it's long-suffering. Patient restraint of anger. Long-suffering. Forbearing. Uh, being patient with one another. Uh, we have an obligation to be patient with people who fail or who are not like us who, uh, or who don't get, I put it this way, or who don't get the answer right. Being patient. Aren't you glad God's patient with you? Now, when I, I do things, I really want him to be patient with me. But when, I, when there's other people involved sometimes, I think he's too far patient with them. I want, when, I, when I need it, I want him to be patient with me. I'm going to get it, Lord. Be patient with me. But other people were like, get him, Jesus. Get him. You, aren't you glad he's patient? So what does he want you to do? Put it on like clothing. Wear it in the realm of the spirit. It'll help you finish your course. Bear with each other. Forbearing one another. Uh, that kind of person what is the opposite of being intolerant. Being short-tempered. We need to be forgiving. We need to be forgiving. Forgive people. No strings attached. Just forgiving like the Lord forgave you. And then over the top of all that, put some agape. And agape will hold it all together. Thank God. So that's what you look like in the realm of the spirit. That's what you look like in the realm of the spirit. You clothe yourself with these things, you're going to finish your course. Finish it, finish it strong and hear well done, good and faithful service.